We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You were just hired by Rotowire to do DFS work, but... I know a dirty little secret about you, Ryan Poole. Okay. You're a dynasty head first, aren't you? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love dynasty fo- uh, fantasy football, Alan. I've been, I've been playing it for several years now, and it's, it seems like dynasty's really taken off in, in the last handful of years because I think, I think most people, when you first start with fantasy football, it's, it's just playing redraft. Um, but you know, this just brings a totally new element to to fantasy football and kind of feeling like you're a GM and being able to trade for future draft picks and stuff. It's there's just so much more strategy that goes on with it. And honestly, too, it just kind of gives you something to do year round. You know, if your team's struggling, you can you know, and in redraft, it's like, okay, I'm done. Onto onto my other league. With this, it's like, okay. What aging bet do I have that's still good that could be useful to somebody looking to win the league? I always say in Dynasty, even when you're losing, you're winning because you're having fun, right? I mean, For sure. Yeah, there, there's, no, there's no part of the Dynasty cycle that doesn't take some engagement. I mean, like you just said it perfectly, in, in redraft, if you're one and four, two and five, you're, you know, you're still setting your lineup, but you don't really want to once you go two and seven, right? You just do it if you're a good league mate. Um, how how yeah. many dynasty leagues are you in right now? I have five dynasty leagues right now. Smart I mainly man. play on the FFPC format. I just spent a long time FFPC player and their dynasty leagues are just really well run. So that's kind of always, always what I've done, but and we then, do have a, we do have a league on sleeper with a handful of the rotowire guys that I play into. I just joined one on the FFWC this year as well. Um, so, but it, it's tricky too, because you have to, you know, you get to a point where like how many leagues is too many. Who are you talking to? Who yeah. Are you ta- I know. Who you're are you talking in, to? You're um, in, you're in way more than. No, than no. I you're am. doing it the right way because, okay. So you're in five dynasty leagues. You can give them your attention. You know exactly who's on what roster. Dude, I'm in 28 leagues. It, it's, it's literally like a Bernie Madoff thing at this point. Like, I don't know when the whole thing's going to collapse. I don't know who's on what team. Of course, I have my, like, four or five favorite leagues that I, I pay a lot of attention to. But at the right. most point, I like, 
you know, sometimes the things slip through the cracks. I'll I'll set a you know I'll have like a Thursday guy in there in the you know you know how like you're supposed to if you have a Thursday player you put him in the position you put him in running back or wide receiver right. like I'll have a guy that goes in flex and that'll screw up my puzzle. So yeah, I don't recommend. The problem is startup drafts are just too damn fun. So much fun. <laughs> I love doing that, and it seems like every year I'm doing one just because I, I love to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and and I like that uh, the FFPC format is is cool too because it's a little more running back heavy, and I would say the FFPC format almost gives you that perfect blend of keeper versus dynasty. Where don't you only keep like fourteen guys or twelve guys, and then you have to throw back like eight? Is that how it works in FFPC? So it's, I mean, it's like a true dynasty. It's not like keeper. Um, you know, I mean, maybe it's a little different, and you might not keep quite as many guys. Right. Um, we cut down before the rookie drafts. We cut down to 16. Okay, that's still pretty um, deep, but right. But it's like some of these maniac leagues, like uh, you're keeping 30. And I, I I like that format that you just described because at least you have a chance. Like Because someone else's trash is startable for another team. At least you could pick up someone. Absolutely. And I've played in some like, you know, dynasty leagues with friends before where, you know, you've got like 31-man rosters and, you know, maybe, maybe you cut down to like 26, 28 or something like that. But, you know, at that point, there's just nothing on the waiver wire ever. And I, I feel like it takes some of the fun out of it. I would agree with you. Unfortunately, I'm in a lot of those leagues, but I totally agree with what you just said there. All right. Let's get into some. We're going to talk about our favorite rookie sleepers, not just for, for you know, for Dynasty, of course, but then if it's going to you know drip into redraft because that's what the season we're in right now. And, you know, we, we're going to be patient with our rookies in Dynasty. But let's face it, if they don't hit in year one, especially in like an FFPC format, you, if they're not a first round pick, they're they're going to be on that cut line for you. So, um, and we'll we'll get into that in a moment. But I still want to talk a little bit of strategy. Let's talk startup strategy, dynasty startup strategy, superflex format. Is that fair? Do you play superflex or do you prefer one QB? I don't play any superflex. We did our one in Vegas. It's a it's just like a redraft superflex. Yeah, but that, that is a, a little bit newer to me. But it's another one of these new elements, new wrinkles as fantasy football evolves. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk one QB startup draft. What's going to be your typical strategy in a startup in a single quarterback league? So for me, I, I'm usually looking to attack running back early. I know it kind of sounds like the unusual. The yeah, it, it's kind of like the boomer strategy now. I know there's a lot of people that are on <laughs> onto like zero zero RB and just just hammer yellow, get a bunch of receivers or or whatever. But I just feel like you can always receivers just so deep. I, I just feel like you can always you can always find guys. Um, you know, I, I want I want to get I want to get good backs early. Um, and especially yeah. in FFPC, where you're only required to start two receivers. In yeah. a league where you're required to start three, I could see the merit in you know right. going after the Jamar Chases, the you know even AJ Brown, like the mid uh, you know 25 year old types. But I'm with you. Is that running backs win championships? I mean, that's the end of the day. That's who who does it for you. And try acquiring. A 22-year-old running back after the draft is over. Good luck, unless yeah, you're good at willing to, sure. you know, give away your your firstborn. So, right. so how many rounds? Like in the first four rounds, I know, you know, it all depends on who falls to you. But what would be the perfect uh, roster construction after the first four rounds? Well, for me, like in in general, my, my kind of like go-to strategy is to to go RB RB and then hammer receiver. Get like you know next four picks on receiver. 
but you know, not every draft is the same. And that's why you just have to be adaptable in fantasy football. Cause if you go into a draft thinking like I have to go RB, RB, but you're picking on the end and you know, nine or 10 of the first 11 picks are running back, you know, you're probably going to have to adjust to, to taking at least one receiver, maybe, maybe even two. So, you know, and, and the thing with, the thing with draft strategies that we all get caught up in is that like, really it just comes down to picking the right players. Any strategy is going to work if you just pick the right players. So I think you have to have something that you're comfortable with. Um, is there, is there a trick to that? Like, I mean, how do you, I mean, obviously we don't have a crystal ball, but I mean, how do you identify probabilities? Is it film? Is it analytics? Is it like, what's your process, uh, to identify profiles? I'm more of um, I'm more of a math guy over over like the eye test. You know, there's a, there's a lot of great websites. You know, whether it be like Football Outsiders, that you know just has a lot of data on guys that you know you, you can you can find have good metrics and and whatnot. Um, but you know, I'm I'm also a a guy that really likes to look at ADP, and you have to be able to if, if a guy's you know sometimes guys just fall into your lap. Um, you know, you may not like to go tight end early, but in, in FFPC, you know, tight end premium league, if Kelsey's all of a sudden, you know, sitting in your lap at like pick eight or nine or whatnot, like you just, you, you have to scoop that up. So tight end premium, you brought up something interesting uh, FFPC does point and a half, uh, tight end premium. And I know that, uh, that pushes the tight ends up in that format, but I've been in a lot of these tight end premium leagues where it's, you know, one, five, one, seven, five. For some reason, in single tight end, that still doesn't move the market for me. I'm curious where you're going to be on that. I mean, if it's double PPR for tight ends, and I play in a couple leagues like that, or if you're in a league that starts two, that changes the game. But I always like, you know, that's why I like FFPC a little bit for um, for that, because it pushes position players down. And I still, you know, other than a couple of guys that are still PPR gold, I guess, you know, they, they're projected to get 70-plus catches you're able to capitalize on that. So in a tight end premium format, does the point and a half uh, move the needle for you? I mean, it, it does. I, I don't think it like makes it where like you have to get a tight end, you know, in the first, you know, four or five rounds, but it definitely moves guys up. Um, you know, the thing with tight end is there's always guys that kind of come out of nowhere that, <laughs> yes. that end up being really good. We saw that last year with, with Dalton Schultz and, and Dawson Knox. So you can certainly find guys, I, you know, I, I think this year, you know, you get to generally, I'm starting to look at tight end in, in FFPC in that like seven to nine round range um, where you can find guys like Dallas Goddard that are still just like really good tight ends in, in good situations that can easily be top five guys. And you also, um, you also said about them coming out of nowhere. That is so true. I mean, every year there's a Robert Tunyon or you like you said, yeah. Dallas Goddard, but also... Yeah. What I think another good tight end strategy is, is buy the veteran for, you You know, you can always give your second round. I think last year before the season started, I was desperate for tight end. Like I was like dying and I got, I was able to give my second and third round pick for Zach Ertz. Now that was a little bit of an overpay at the time, but in a point and a half PPR league, that's looking pretty good right now. Nobody would do that trade now. I bet you, you know, you'd have to overpay with a late first if you were desperate for tight end, which again, I don't recommend doing that, but so you can, uh, that's really what my next lead into my question is, is, is your rookies, 
which we're going to talk about your rookie sleepers in just a few minutes. But mm-hmm. rookies versus veterans, and there's nothing more dramatic than you know people overvaluing the rookies in rookie drafts. But mm-hmm. then the redraft rankings come out, and that's what I call the sober rankings, what's actually going <laughs> to happen. Because we're so bad at predicting what's going to happen in the season ahead of us. How the hell are you going to predict what's going to happen two and three seasons out? So when you see someone like Mike Evans, who's wide receiver five-ish, wide receiver six in redraft, but like wide receiver 18 or 20 in in dynasty, I think that that is a major leak in the dynasty market. And I guess my question for you is, what do you think some of the common and most, uh, the common mistakes are that both newer dynasty players and experienced dynasty players makes? Yeah, I mean, I think I think newer people to Dynasty aren't going to value the the younger players enough, and then some, t- and then kind of vice versa, where the experienced guys might value the younger players uh, uh, too much. Too much, right? Um, you know, I mean, you, there there's so many examples of guys over the years that have been you know first round talents that you, you think are just going to be you know, your, your money guy for, for several years. And then you, you know, you draft like a Jalen Rieger who you're like, okay, this guy looks really good. How many, He's got first round draft capital. How really many times, fast. how many times have you heard this one? This guy's going to be my wide receiver too for 10 years, right? For yep, 10 exactly. years, 10 years. Well, and, and then all of a sudden he busts <laughs> and now your, your team's in a really tough spot. Maybe you traded somebody to get that, you know, maybe you traded like a Keenan Allen or somebody, you know, for that pick. And, you know, it just really, you know, blows up in your face, um, you know, and I think I think one of the things dynasty players, as far as mistakes go, is to just overreact. I remember a couple years ago when DK Metcalf was just, you know, going off for Seattle and people were pushing him up to, you know, wide receiver one. one. <laughs> yeah. In, in Dynasty. And Juju. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster. We did it for him too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a static environment. Things change. Yeah. And, and now, I mean, I don't even know where DK's down to like the 20-ish range. Why, yeah. Eight, I think in Dynasty, he's actually a little bit higher because of his okay. age and his new contract. But like, still, yeah. it's like wide receiver 15. Whereas, you know, he's like wide receiver. Yeah. In Jeff Erickson's uh, Rotowire rankings, he's like wide receiver 25. And honestly, I, I'm not even, I think that might be too bullish. You know, I mean, um, it's, it's interesting. So, okay. So that is a good point. The incorrect valuation. Sometimes the expert, the experienced dynasty player only sees a single path to victory. Whereas the new dynasty player has all of these options. I mean, new dynasty players, they make the crazy mistakes. They play it like redraft. I remember my first dynasty league, you know, I, I was taking like Darren Sproles, uh, like age 28, Darren Sproles in yeah. round three. I mean, you would yeah. never see that in dynasty because he had like, you know, RB 11 year in PPR. I mean, that's just like a crazy mistake that you do. But I think that there's, you want it, it an optimal dynasty strategy, regardless of the position you attack, you want to have players that have, you know, obviously youth and job security for the projectable. That's all you can ask for is job security and a role. You can't say, hey, this player is going to, you know, produce at this level. Things change, as you just said, DK Metcalf, but he would still be a decent foundational piece because you're betting on profiles as well. All right. Before we, uh, we're going to talk about our rookie sleepers and we'll define a sleeper as, you know, a player that maybe is being a little bit undervalued. We'll talk about them both from, you know, we'll, we'll identify their profile. We'll talk about them from a redraft and a dynasty perspective and what we think their value really should be. But before that, 
Are you ready for a new challenge, Ryan Poole? If you love fantasy sports, Dynasty Owner is the new way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding strategy, and running an actual franchise. You will have complete control of your team's future. You can build through the draft trades, uh, free agents, manage your salary cap, and you can create a dynasty of champions. Sign up now at rotowire.com. Sorry, at dynastyowner.com using promo code ROTO5. That's R-O-T-O-5 to get five bucks off any new dynasty team at dynastyowner.com. All right, I'm here with Ryan Poole, new full-time employee at Rotowire. But how long have you actually been doing work for Rotowire? It's been a few years now, hasn't it? Yeah, so I started in 2020. It was it was right before the pandemic hit. So you know, eager to get going, and then all of a sudden the, <laughs> wah, the wah. world, or yeah, sports world, shuts down for for a few months. But um, yeah, and what are you going to be doing for Rotowire now that you're on full time? Yeah, so. Um, I'm on as the daily fantasy sports product specialist. So going to mainly be just working on the DFS side of things. Um, you know, just working on all the tools, um, that we have to offer over at Rotowire, um, as well as, well as our content, just making sure we can make that the best as, as it can be for our subscribers. And Ryan's, uh, one of the nicer guys we've had on this podcast. He's actually, he'll answer your question. So follow him on Twitter. His, uh, info is in the video description below. And the reason I brought, uh, Ryan, uh, on this podcast is because him and I, we were hanging out in Vegas uh, and even we've, we were talking on, on our Slack chat, uh, for months before that. And this guy knows some stuff about rookies, man. I I, I know when I'm around a, a shark, and he uh, he may have this disguise for those watching a video that he's this nice, quiet guy. But he's a he. Every pick he was snaking everybody on the league. He knows his rookies. So we're gonna talk about some undervalued rookies, five rookie sleepers. Um, who's the first rookie that caught your eye that you think right now is just gonna is just totally undervalued, and that you're interested in every single one of your drafts. So the interesting thing with rookies right now is it's, it's training camp season. And so there's just so much buzz that you hear around so many different guys this time of year. So it's, it's a little tricky trying to decipher, you, you know, between, you know, what's noise and, and what's real. Um, to, to me, I, I'm looking at guys that are just in good spots um, it, I mean, in redraft for sure, that are in spots to just get get a lot of snaps immediately. Um, one of the guys I really like is is Rashad White, running back from Tampa Bay. Um, he's maybe a little bit more of a dynasty target just because you know Fournette's ahead of him right now. But you know, Fournette's got the got the weight issues for one. You know, the the reports out there of him being two hundred and sixty pounds and you know, obviously he's working on getting that down. And I, I don't expect White to be this the starter or anything like that from day one, but I think he certainly has a path to get a lot of work on third downs. Um, you know, from uh at Arizona State last year he caught I think 40, 43 passes, I think it was. So, you know, he's clearly capable in that role. Um there's not really a lot of other competition uh, on the running back side on that uh, for for Tampa. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn is there, but I think that you know, ship has sailed mostly. Yeah, yeah, it seems like he's just a bust. They've also got Giovanni Bernard there, but you know, Bernard's 30, kind of played sparingly last year. I think he's just over the hill as well. So 
You know what wow. it is interesting about Rashad White too is he's following. You know his best comparable is is a player like David Johnson, right? He's a big back who can catch passes. Certainly did that, and he was drafted in the third round, same as David Johnson. And when he entered, when he was on the Arizona Cardinals, he had a you know a, an aging Chris Johnson ahead of him. And now who does Rashad White have ahead of him? He's got an aging Leonard Fournette. Right. And what happened once he got on the field? I'm talking about David Johnson. There was no looking back, right? It's right. it's, and you could see the eerie similarities between the two and the profiles there. So, as you know, dynasty players like Rashad White, but he's not a first round pick like in rookie drafts. He goes, you know, in in superflex, but even this year it doesn't matter. I see him go at you know two point two, two point four. I saw one person take him at 112, but I, I see players like Damian Pierce go ahead of him regularly. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. So I like that call that he's still undervalued. Um, I think White's. I, I mean, honestly, I think I think White at like the one one eleven, one twelve, perfectly in, defensible in rookie drafts. Yeah, especially if you need a running back. And you know, we you know talking earlier about how the position just thins out really quickly. Um, you know, if, if Fournette if Fernet happens to go down, oh. you know, like you said, he could be in a position where they just realize he's the better guy. Um, you know, obviously they give Fournette that three-year, twenty-one million dollar deal, so they expect him to still be the guy. But you know, we're in a time where the lifespan on running backs is it's just it's short. You know, you don't see a lot of production from running backs at like twenty-eight years old. Just doesn't you know they're yeah. they're. Few and far between. I can't remember the last 27 plus year old running back that finished as a top 10 running back in fantasy yeah. football. I mean, you probably have to go as far back as like, you know, what, Matt Forte. I, I heard someone mention his name as an older running back that produced at an elite level. Um, so, yeah, no, I really do. Yeah. I do like that call. And the Leonard Fournette contract is a sunk cost at this point. If he, it, Tom, the Tom Brady window for winning a Super Bowl is now. If there's a, an obvious uh, gap, in in uh, skills, or if there's even you know if Rashad White shows he belongs on an NFL field, he's going to play. He just what's Tom Brady's? He's a circle of trust guy. If he sees that uh, Rashad White can pass protect, and he does have a no. lot of dog in him. I mean, his backstory is incredible. You should uh, you know you the listener should go Google it. He paid his own way through college, did the whole junior college route. He's got a lot of dog in him. So I, I really do like that pick a lot. Uh, before I give you my. Uh, first rookie sleeper. Uh, I just want to talk about fan tracks. And if there's something you wish your fantasy league had or a feature that's missing from your current league, bonus scoring, custom schedules, playoff, deeper settings, look no further. They have you covered at fan tracks. Uh, join MLB all-star Jock Peterson, who you know plays fantasy football because he got punched in the face, right? Uh, <laughs> and recently announced he's moving his league to Fantasy Football League to, to Fantrax. Fantrax is excited to announce Fantrax game day experience. Fantrax will be sending a lucky Fantasy Football League to a regular season game of their choice along with $6,000 towards travel. You can uh, All you have to do is enter and... Uh, in order to enter the giveaway, just create a league. So if you create multiple leagues, you have multiple chances to win. There is a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it their permanent home. Go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire. Sign up today. All right. Well, I'm here with Ryan Poole from Rotowire. Of course, I'm Alan Soslowski, and we're talking dynasty fantasy football strategy and a few rookie sleepers, guys that we think are undervalued. There's been some buzz in Tennessee Titans camp right now about rookie wide receiver Kyle Phillips. Now, if you look at Kyle Phillips, man, I mean, 
it's he's one of these what 180 pound five foot eleven guys. And I'm just trying to see. He was drafted in round five. So profile-wise, there's not a lot to, like, love there. But, I mean, his 40-yard dash score was 4.58. That's 37th percentile. But sometimes he's hashtag good at football, right? And he's making plays. We all know that there's, you know, with A.J. Brown being gone, I mean, there's Robert Woods. There's another rookie, Traylon Burks, who everyone has their doubts about. In the fourth or fifth round of your rookie drafts, I normally am taking running backs there that are one or two injuries away. Like, you know, but I'm having a hard time right now ignoring Kyle Phillips. Uh, is this somebody that you would consider maybe just putting to the back of your roster, and you know, maybe it works out if you get some targets early on in his career? Well, I mean, I think you're definitely digging deep. Um, it, we we've seen guys in the fifth round be productive players. You know, Darnell Mooney recently comes to mind. Yes, good um, one. I think I think Gabe Davis was like a fourth route, like late fourth Day three, rounder. guys. We're talking day three. So Right, yeah. yes, exactly. So, I mean, these guys definitely can end up being productive NFL and, and fantasy players. Two great calls, um, by the way, right there. Two great calls. So, I, I mean, I think redraft-wise, he's not somebody that's on the radar as well. Best you know, ball, possibly the- maybe best ball last round. If, if you're, like, looking for a new dart, you've done 20 best balls. I'm, I'm there for it, but I agree with what you said. Absolutely. I've done I've done best balls before where, like, 28th round Terry McLaurin. You, you know, right. like— In previous you years. You know, right. there have been the Tariq Cohen's last round, you know, best balls that you, know, you can find one of those rookies that ends up being really good. Um, you know, and maybe he's a guy to just, you know, monitor— during the season and and potentially he he's productive you know robert woods has had you know injury injury problems and he's aging so he definitely has a a path to you know some production this year i think they've got like westbrook akinney don't 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 ever throw shade at that guy man he doesn't (laughs) yeah i mean mean, but like you know kind of an unproven guy yeah yeah, where it's like Phillips could could get in the mix there. Yeah, I mean he's starting um, in three wide receiver sets early in camp, and like you said, camp is yeah. it changes by the day and which beat reporters actually observing and posting on there. But I'm just saying is that in, uh, if you're in your rookie drafts and you're in round four and five, right? Yeah, I normally my strategy just take the running backs, take the Hassan Haskins types, the ones that could get on the field because what do we know about running backs? It's you know it's like you just said earlier, their production comes early. Wide receivers, it's hard to hold these guys, especially in FFP, FFPC format, if Kyle Phillips has, you know, 22 catches for 330 yards and one touchdown this season, you got to cut him next year. You can't hold him on your 16-hold roster. And and that's what can be difficult is like, uh, you know, in leagues where you only hold, you know, 20 guys during the season, it's like, unless you're in like a really big rebuild kind of team, like you're just probably not going to have room to keep a guy like that. I... um Last year, cutting down to 16, I had um, a really good team where, believe it or not, I had to cut Gabriel Davis. And it like, it, like, pained me. This was this was before last year, right, right. so it was before four date. But, like, you knew the talent was there. But, yeah, sometimes that's just what happens when, like, you have a short – and then I ended up drafting him in, at the end of the third round. So, but – yeah, I mean, I think Phillips is a guy to 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 keep your eye on, um, and you know that's what we're doing with this podcast is looking at guys that you know not everybody knows about that 
you know, could end up being productive this year or in the future. Cool. All right. So give me your next undervalued rookie uh, that you see from a dynasty perspective and also, you know, that could make an impact in redraft. And by the way, we have one of our regular listeners there ask, who who is this guy? As I said in the beginning of the podcast, Ryan is one of our um, new full-time uh, uh, players over at, at Rotowire. He's handling a lot of DFS, but just from talking to him offline, I love his dynasty. I love how you think about dynasty in a very sober way. And it you've taught me a few things just from our conversation. So listen, we're here with Ryan Poole of Rotowire, and we're talking about our undervalued rookie sleepers. So who's your next guy? Yeah, and even though I'm in DFS, I love season long and I love dynasty. So I, I do like to play everything. Um, you know, I, I live here in Madison and I'm a huge Packer fan. Don't don't so tell people I, that. You, we started getting them to like you. Now 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 it's gonna go the other way for you, Ryan. <laughs> Oh, everybody loves the Packers. Right? No. <laughs> All right, who's um, our next guy? So I, I have to, I have to talk about one Packer, and and that's Romeo Dubs. Um, Dubs is is one of these guys that's getting a lot of a lot of hype in in training camp, and you know part of that is because the Packers' second round pick Christian Watson is currently you know dealing with a knee injury, so Dubs has been able to you know have more opportunities to stand out in camp. You know, Rodgers recently said that he's one of those guys that just makes a wild play, you know, every practice. And that's high praise from Rodgers because Rodgers is normally just wants to shit on you, right? I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah, you know, Rod- Rodgers is an interesting guy when it comes to praise. Um, so you do have to kind of, you know, wean through it a little bit. You know, he's talked up Jake Kumerhole a lot in the past. But yeah, I mean, there's guys that Rodgers just loves. And so certainly, certainly doesn't hurt if he's he's talking you up. Um, you know, and, you know, with, with the Devante Adams, uh, trade, you know, the opportunities are there, you know, you're looking at Alan Lazard, who's, you know, decent, but not really, you know, tested as a, as a number one guy. What's he going to do again? What's Alan Lazard going to do against number one coverage? That's really the best, the question. So they're really for sure, which really could open things up for some of these other guys. Um, you know, dubs is a, he's a fourth round pick. Um, out of Nevada, uh, put up back-to-back thousand-yard seasons there. Um, had 11 touchdowns, 80 catches last year. So you know, it's very productive in college. Ran a 4.4740, so he does have good, good, good speed. 6.2200, like it's just all like pretty like prototypical stuff. Um, and he's got the opportunity, and and that's huge. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um... And also, it doesn't hurt that their their second round pick, Christian Watson, has not been able to practice with Rodgers. He's been a little banged up early, little nicks and bruises. He was also a project, whereas the narrative on Dubs is that he's pro-ready, right? So I like that right. call. I saw Dubs early in the season getting undrafted in rookie drafts, then to the fifth round, fourth round, and now he routinely goes at the, the late uh, third round. All right, my next. Yeah, and he's a guy that's even on redraft people's radar now. Yeah, he's going in you best know, ball. Right, you're looking at round fifteen. Yeah, best ball redraft. He's he's a guy you're looking at. You know, come like sixteen plus rounds as a guy that you can take as like your wide receiver. You know, six, six seven, seven guy and and maybe get some production out of him. 
you know, this year. I think that's a really strong call um, as Dubs is, you know, certainly on the fantasy radar at this point. It'd be easy to see him being relevant at some point this season. Uh, and by the way, he is, ha- he now has trade value too. So if you are not a Dubs believer, but he's on your roster because you, you took a what the heck flyer on him, you could probably upgrade that fifth round pick you spent on him to a 23 third at this point. I think there's, there's going to be someone in your league that, that is interested in doing something like that. So that's, and that's how you, sure. um, that's another strategy strategy how you win in dynasty is you take your fifth round pick they're now worth a third you cash that in and then you take that third round pick and you do the same thing until eventually that becomes like an early second round pick i've done that before so you, you got it you can it, it is a reasonable theory to cash out on some of these hype guys and sometimes it'll burn you because if dubs ends up being you know a, an 800 yard receiver with six touchdowns then you're like damn it i should have held them so it's always a gamble yeah, I mean, trading is one of those things in Dynasty where, you know, some guys get burned and they just get afraid to trade because they don't want to be wrong or whatever. And, you know, if you play Dynasty long enough, you're, you're just going to make bad trades. It's it's part it's part of the game. Um, you, you know, NFL GMs make make bad trades like, you know, nobody's really batting a thousand. What's the worst um, trade you ever made in Dynasty? Um, I, I don't want to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, we, last, we all have her- horrible ones, you know? Yeah, no, last year I traded uh, Deontay Johnson for Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't hate it. That one, that one ended up working out. Well, I mean, it, it's one of those where Juju could have a really good year this year. Um, I was just down on Deontay um, with all of his drops a couple years ago and just decided I wanted to move, move off him, but... Um, Deontay's a stud and you know, it's just, it's one of those things that doesn't, uh, my, doesn't always work out. My trades are way worse than that one. I think, um, I traded what ended up being the one, one Saquon Barkley one year. So I, I didn't think I was going to get the one, one. I thought maybe like one, five, one, six. Um, yeah. I traded and again, this is the, I'm going to give you the worst part of it. I traded, I acquired David Johnson when he was in his peak, but hurt. And I was able yep. to give two first round, uh, sorry, a Joe Mixon who started his career horrible through five games and my next year's first round pick, which ended up being Saquon Barkley. So how do you like that one? I gave away Saquon Barkley and Joe Mixon for David Johnson, who was just never the same. That's definitely my worst trade. And then the year where everyone hyped up Juju as the one, one, I traded for him and gave away two firsts and two seconds, which I think I turned those picks into like complete garbage. So yeah, you learn. I mean, well, and sometimes you have to make those trades to realize like, okay, like, you know, it's not worth it for me to be trading, you know, my future picks for, you know, maybe like veteran proven commodities. Yep. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, sometimes just trial and error and you have to make a bad trade like that before, before you, realize what you should and shouldn't do okay before we get to our next rookie undervalued player next rookie sleeper uh video audience stay with us uh audio audience would be back in three minutes right after this word we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. I'm here with Ryan Poole of Rotowire, who is a new full-time employee but has been with the company for a couple years. Of course, I'm Alan Zaslowski, and you are listening to the Rotowire Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, Ryan is going to be handling a lot of our DFS products, but he is a di- – if you rewind back to the beginning of the podcast, I got him to admit he secretly loves Dynasty more. Uh, but he's really talented and skilled uh, with what he's going to be doing in our DFS products, and I'm excited because I am a little bit more of a casual DFS guy, but I'm looking forward to learning from some of the work that you do. We're here today talking about Dynasty Fantasy Football with a redraft tilt to it as well, our rookie sleepers. Next rookie sleeper is, and I, I hope Mario Puig, our colleague, isn't listening this because I'm going to break his heart right now. He hates Tyrion Davis Price on the San Francisco 49ers drafted in the third round. Even if he's not a special talent, I mean, you have to, uh, Jeff freaking Wilson has been productive in this system, right? I mean, we all know the history of San Francisco 49ers third round picks recently. That was uh, Joe Williams a couple years ago was drafted and never heard from. Trey Sermon, I mean, basically was one of the worst picks you could have made last year. And now, Another third-round pick, Tyrion Davis-Price. Everyone likes Elijah Mitchell as a starter, but he's had some trouble staying healthy. It's easy to see 
Tyrion Davis Price being fantasy relevant for a, a window. And I think that's what, uh, a key dynasty takeaway, right? Dynasty t- uh, is one in windows, in two-week, three-week windows. Uh, your player goes down. Oh, you got Khalil Herbert last year in the fifth round. Oh, he got you through two weeks and got you into the playoffs. Tyrion Davis Price doesn't strike me as a player because you get him in the third round, maybe the late second if someone's aggressive. But I like him as a window guy that you could add that should get you through a couple lean weeks. I want you to talk about Tyrion Davis Price while I shut this annoying sound off right here and keep going. All right, talk me through. I'll be back in ten seconds. But I'm listening to you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, Alan, if you're going to hate me if I'm kind of on the Mario side on this. Um, you know, Davis Price isn't a guy I'm you know really overly excited about. Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm playing in PPR leagues, and you know these guys that just don't catch passes are going to have a pretty limited upside for me. So I generally just try to shy away from those guys. Um, you know, Davis price is a bigger back. He's, you know, he's like a six, one, 230 pound guy. Um, in three years at LSU, he caught, you know, 28 passes in 36 games, 35 games. Um, so he's just a guy I, I would say I'm, I'm going to, shy away from it's not that he can't carve out some kind of role as um you know a, a short yardage back i mean third um, if you're, if you're playing the in, third round draft capital though that mean yard. does that mean anything does the draft capital and the fact that shanahan went to go get him in the third round does that mean anything to you or you're not a draft capital guy you're gonna just look at the pure skills yeah i mean i think it i think it definitely matters you know i mean he is a he is a day two guy so obviously shanahan and and we know they they like to draft running backs uh it seems like they're always bringing in guys um so you know i mean i i imagine shanahan is is eyeing him as you know a short yardage back goal line back um type of guy but unless there's some kind of injury to Elijah Mitchell. And there, um, there was plenty of those last year. Yeah, of course. It's, it's certainly possible. I'm, I'm not saying – for, for me, he's just not a guy I'm, I'm targeting. Okay, and fair enough. And, again, Khalil – I just go back to Khalil Herbert last year. He was a, you know, a late-round mm-hmm. pick, not as, as rich of a draft capital as TDP, but he was you – know, he, he got you through two weeks. I mean – the 49ers, everyone loves the running system, and especially with Trey Lance taking over now, there should be theoretically more room for the running backs to to operate as the linebackers have to keep tabs on the back end side for someone like Lance who can burn you, you know, and can and has that dynamic running ability. Um, we had a question that was submitted in the chat that I really before we continue on with our with our sleeper, our, our rookie sleepers. Someone asked what our favorite settings are for Dynasty. I think that's a really good question because that's the first thing I do nowadays as a Dynasty snob is I'll check all the settings. I mean, Ryan talked about earlier that he right now is in um, most of his Dynasty leagues are single quarterback. Um, I prefer Superflex. And but I do uh, like a little bit of a tight end premium. I like even if I'm not going to attack the tight ends, I do like the positional importance on tight ends because I want other people to go get those tight ends while I let the positional value fall to me. Also, uh, playoff format is a setting that I look for. I like a league that not only you know you don't just go the top six records get in the playoffs, Ryan. What you do is you let the top five records, similar to what we're doing in our dynasty league, our redraft one, and the last the six seed is the most points gets in as a wild card. 
um, that's not in the top five. So you have that one team that just had bad win-loss luck that does able to get in. Is there any special settings that you look for in a dynasty league that you prefer to play in? Um, one of the things, yeah, obviously you, you need some kind of setting where total points is coming into play. It really shouldn't be top six record. There's just too much luck that goes into that. So whether you're playing like a, a victory points kind of format where you're getting points based off wins and, you know, weekly points, there should definitely be something like that in there. I, I don't think I'd play in something that didn't have didn't have that one of the things the ffpc really does that i like is that if you miss the playoffs um the the first overall there's a playoff for the six teams that didn't make the playoffs in which you're fighting for the top pick right they don't just uh, they don't reward tanking is what you're saying exactly yep so it gets rid of that tanking and then it still makes you know the the last few weeks of the season still interesting for the people that haven't made the playoffs. You know, it's funny you say that because in my home league, I got a lot of pushback, but now people are warming up to it. Now we don't do that because if there's a truly awful team, and by the way, I'm not against what you just said there, like having a consolation bracket and the better team gets the early pick is great. And by the way, there's no guarantee last year, you know, sorry, the year that Justin Herbert came out, if you took QB one, QB two, you're not as happy as when you, if you took Justin Herbert QB three, right? So it doesn't always work out that way. But in our league at home, my, um, my biggest money league is that we do is the bottom six teams just go into a complete lottery. Like there's no weighted lottery. It's just a lottery. So no matter if you just missed the playoffs or you're the, you were the worst team, randomize and we by the way we don't randomize for the whole draft we randomize for each round so the bot oh interesting yeah so we have a fifth round lottery a fourth round and you know all the way up to a first round so you could have one 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 uh two four three three you know so that's how and then obviously that's an interesting wrinkle yeah Yeah. just it makes it one more lottery pain in the ass for me because i have to set the picks but um you had asked about uh, not you, uh, Ryan. You, the audience, had asked about settings we like, and I think Ryan brings up a really good one. Is that you have to figure out the tanking thing uh, because that could really cause a lot of stress for a commissioner in a league. The other thing we do, and I'm curious if your feedback on this is the one thing that can ruin a dynasty league is a lopsided trade. Now everyone hates every trade when it happens. What we do is we allow 24 hours to match the trade from the other participants. So let's say that you trade me in a superflex format, Patrick Mahomes, and I send you something like Justin Fields in the first. Now, obviously, nobody would think that's a good trade. But now the other league mates have 24 hours to match my offer for Mahomes, and you could take it as the Patrick Mahomes offer. A lot of times the trades don't get matched, but what it does is it protects the star's value. So if there's a player that just was frustrated and he, he feels he or she feels like they need to rebuild and it's, they don't really need to. So it's a little bit of a safety net, but it does protect the integrity of the league. What do you think about our, do you think that's training wheels and it's stupid and all trades should be allowed and you're allowed to say that? Or do you think that that's somewhat interesting? It's, it's definitely interesting. I hadn't heard of that before. So I'm definitely, you know, as, as I'm hearing it open to that idea, um, you know, my dynasties are like commissioner run. Uh, and so, the, you know, but nothing ever really gets vetoed. It's, yeah, it's, it's really tough if you're in a league with a bunch of buddies, cause there can definitely be drama over that. So I feel like 
you know, your way definitely eliminates yeah, some of that drama, which is essentially what you're trying to do. So I think it's fine. And we've had that before. We had Patrick Mahomes in, in a league in a super flex format traded for Daniel Jones and two firsts. And, you know, people had a chance to match that. So, I mean, you would sure. never do. And this is when Daniel Jones was still considered on ascending. Um, now, we, we'd had a couple people in the comments talk about vetoing. Vetoing is I'm a little bit against this is this is in place of the veto because I would just veto any trade, any trade that's going to get my competitor better. Why wouldn't I veto it? You know, I mean, you can yeah. you can have a holes like me. All right, let's get back to our rookie sleepers. Uh, but before that, I just want to tell you really quick. Do I, I just want to make sure I read everything I was supposed to read here? OK, I think I did. All right. So we don't need to do that. Um, Rookie sleepers, guys that are undervalued. We talked about Tyrion Davis Price, which you hated that call. And we talked about Kyle Phillips, which, uh, again, you know, late round dart, who knows? I love your call of Romeo Dubs. And then you talked about Rashad White as being undervalued. I couldn't agree more with that. Who's going to be another rookie sleeper, a guy who's undervalued in Dynasty and maybe even a little bit towards redraft? Yeah, I think this guy is tar- a, a great target for both redraft and dynasty. And we kind of talked about the Giants situation a little bit when we were in in Vegas. And I think Wandale Robinson is in a really good spot to produce immediately. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard's coming off the Achilles injury. I think I think you're talking about. You're not even sure if he's going to play this year. If if he does, it's going to be late. She- in the we're season. talking about Shepard. Yeah, Shepard. Shepard. Sterling, right. So, you know, that gives Robinson the opportunity to immediately start as the Giants slot receiver. So, you know, it's it's also an interesting receiver room in that, you know, Kenny Galladay, you know, they gave a bunch of money to. But, you know, his last year with with Detroit was was injury prone. He he looked pretty bad last year um, um, with New York. Uh, so they're, you know, it's kind of available there for somebody to just step in and, and be Daniel Jones's rock. And that, that really could be Robinson. Obviously Kadarius, Tony, their first round pick last year is still there. And Tony, you know, did look good when he was on the field as, as well. But you know, the giants offense is interesting. It has the potential to, you know, be an under the radar good offense if they can just stay healthy, which they've really struggled to do the the last few years. And let's also remember this coaching staff picked Wondell Robinson ahead of where his consensus, let's call it ADP, was supposed to be, right? People thought of Wondell Robinson as more of a third to fourth round receiver, even though he was super productive. I mean, he was one of the most productive receivers uh, at Kentucky. A little bit undersized, but early reports that they're using him as a running back in, you know, and he's basically an offensive weapon. Um, He is, they're going to use him all over the place, which just, you know, makes him even more intriguing to fantasy players. Um, Yeah. I mean, the downside is he's small, right? Like he's, you know, five, eight, one eighty five, probably similar to me, but with a lot more muscle (laughs) Um, and, but also a heck of a lot faster. You know, he's a, he's a four, four 40 type guy. And there's a place for those type of guys in today's NFL. I mean, if you're, if you're good at football, right, you can make, you know, those shifty guys that could make the cuts, run the route tree. There is a place for those guys. It doesn't always have to be the Calvin Johnson, Drake London types that are these, you know, mega alphas. I mean, in fact, one could say that those guys are, 
obviously useful and drafted high, but they're also limited to what they could do. Whereas, you know, Wandell Robinson, we just talked about that he could line up in the backfield. He could run reverses and that could be great for fantasy football. Uh, I like that call a lot. He goes, you know, I mean, you never have, you could take the pick that you want in the second round of rookie drafts with him. And he's a perfect end game guy as well. I could see him um, easily being someone that, you know, that we dismissed because of side incorrectly. So, Great call right there. Right, it's going to be it. I mean, I mean, look what San Francisco did with Debo Samuel last year. Not that those guys are like, you know, you know, similar comps, but you know, you're seeing teams not be afraid to use receivers and just getting the ball in their hands, whether it be reverses or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, you want to get your best players, the ball. And I think Robinson has that talent to emerge as one of the most useful you know, offensive weapons outside of Saquon Barkley for New York. Why do you think, so we're talking about guys that might have been overdrafted uh, by consensus at the time. We won't know if that's true until we actually see them play. So everyone likes Wondell Robinson. Why does the market, why are they so much cooler on Tyquan Thornton, who was drafted in the second round by the New England Patriots? He's a speedster. I mean, everyone threw their hands up like, oh, my God, what a stupid pick. And we know Bill Belichick does have a recent history of bad wide receiver picks, you know, famously passing on DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown for Nikhil Harry, um, Aaron Dobson in the second round. I mean, it's, you know, so other than that, which, by the way, should not be ignored, just as Pittsburgh Steelers are great at picking second round receivers, Bill Belichick has not been. But I kind of like Tyquan Thornton as a sleeper. Just given his draft pedigree that Mac Jones is, you know, he looked the best out of all of the rookie quarterbacks. And Mac Jones, you know, people see him as a low upside quarterback. He can uncork it. And once that part of his game starts coming uh, on display on the field, Tyquan Thornton could be a player that in these deeper leagues, you need a second flex, you need a wide receiver three, could tilt your week for you. I think Thornton was probably a bigger reach than than Robinson by the by the NFL draft guys. So maybe that's why he's getting um, shit on, hated on, <laughs> hated know. on a little bit, a little bit more. Um, I think, I think the Patriots, I think the Patriots' offense is just it's not as like sexy, if you will. It's just hard to get like super excited about about you know, really anybody on that offense um, other than, you know, maybe, you know, Ramondre Stevenson seems to be, you know, having a good camp and, and climbing a bit. But, um, you know, I mean, the opportunities there for Thornton to step in, it looks like what Devontae Parker is is probably the main option. But think about what right you just said, for, though, right? I mean, it's, exactly. it's Devontae so, Parker. So, it's 28. Right. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Devontae Parker was, you know, for a first round guy, you know, a pretty good player for a couple of years there in Miami. But yeah, I mean, if, if Thornton is that good, you know, he'll have the opportunity to put up numbers. And, you know, honestly, as far as like when talking about draft capital or whatnot, you know, maybe Thornton was projected as like a fourth round guy or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you're good, that doesn't matter. You know, if the Bears had taken Darnell Mooney in the second round, you know, even though they got him in the fifth, that doesn't change Darnell Mooney's talent level. So at the end of the day, if you're good, you're going to produce. All right. Let's uh, let's go a couple more guys that you'd like that are undervalued here. Um, give me another one here. Who's a rookie that you consider a sleeper, meaning they're definitely, you know, undervalued in your eyes and that could produce as the season goes on a little bit? 
Well, kind of piggybacking off of uh, what we were just talking about with the Giants and Kadarius Tony. Another guy we talked about in Vegas was was how Jahan Dotson kind of just compares similarly to Kadarius Tony in that like here's a guy that you know ended up being you know mid to late first round draft pick for for Washington. By the way, went ahead of Traylon Burks in the real NFL draft. Yeah, yep, great point. And so he he's one of these guys that was you know quote unquote overdrafted, but similarly to Tony last year. But yeah, Tony looked really good. And so Dotson, again, has opportunity to step in and play immediately and be productive. We know they've got Terry McLaurin, who is is really good. Outside of that, though, you know, Curtis Samuel, if he can stay healthy, is going to be, you know, a productive option for that offense. After that, though, they really it it gets really thin really quickly. So I think, you know, and, and being a first-round pick, they're obviously going to want to get him on the field. And, he, and so, he's like, you know what he reminds me of? He's got, like, a lot of Steve Smith to his game. Like, he'll he'll undersize, just go up and rip the ball away yep. from you like that. He's got a lot of dog right. in him. So I really like that as well there. That's, you know, and people say, oh, how the hell could Jahan Dotson, the first-round pick, be a sleeper? He's going in the second round of rookie drafts. That is a, an undervalued player right there. So, yes, in today's, exactly. in today's um, fantasy football landscape, there's no such thing as sleeper. Bob from accounting knows every player because he reads Rotowire. He reads all the other websites. So you really have to identify when you talk about sleeper as a player that's undervalued. I think that's a great call right there. I'm okay taking uh, Jahan Dotson in the first round. I mean, I don't even think that's a hot take. I had a choice, which I took some blowback for between Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. I went with Dotson. I may not have made that same decision today. Traylon Burks is looking a lot better, but I, I'm not hating on it. I think that there's a lot of upside there, and he could be used in a lot of ways. And I think his floor is a little bit higher than Traylon Burks as well. Next player. I think they're both going to be really good players. I think I think Burks has the potential to just be an absolute stud. And yeah. you know, based on what Tennessee gave away, I think they're gonna do everything in their power to make sure that. Yeah, happens. the upside is undeniable with Burks, and that's why he's one of these players I'm scared to draft, and I'm scared to not draft. You know, like, uh, right? I'm, you know, you ha- in redraft, you have to take him in the seventh and eighth round, and you know, in these you know five dollar best balls, no problem, but. When I'm on the clock in the seventh or eighth round and I'm in, you know, an NFFC $350 entry draft or even like my home league, like hundred dollar draft, I haven't done it yet. And I'm not sure I'm going to, but you know, that could be a guy who wins you the league, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what makes Dotson even more appealing is that you don't have to spend that, you know, extreme draft capital to get him. Yep. You know, in redraft, you can take Dotson probably in like the 12th round, um, you know, and that really lessens the risk versus having to take, you know, a guy like that in like the seventh or eighth. Yeah, we had, um, you know, there, there's the eternal question in Dynasty has been London or Burks. For me, it's an easy London. Um, I, I guess really my question for you is in rookie drafts, I think everybody likes Brees Hall as the 1.1. If you're on the clock... Who are you taking at one point two? And regardless, let's say your your team is is mostly balanced, right? You're you don't necessarily need a running back or need a wide receiver. Who's your next best player in that format? Yeah, I actually had this situation in in one of my dynasty rookie drafts this year, and and I went London over um, Kenny Walker because there's Kenny Walker people like myself too. But I understand the London pick. I'm not going to argue with that. 
Yeah, I wasn't really a, a Walker guy, and it looks like he's kind of um, – Yeah, it seems like some of the hype there is kind of leveling out for Walker. So, But here, um, let me I, give you the case for Walker, okay, as the 1.2. Because okay, sure. I the case for yeah. London's so obvious. He's the wide receiver one. He's a monster. Yep. And, you know, yes, I could see it. And, by the way, just the fact that I don't even need to make a case against London is probably the reason why he should be the 1.2, right? But Kenny, it just we talked about this in the beginning of the podcast. Go try in your dynasty league, you the listener, go try to get a 20 2021 year old running back. See what see what the price is. They're almost they're nearly impossible to acquire. So the way to acquire them is in the draft. This is the opportunity to get him at the 1.2. Kenny Walker, super productive in college. He's on a team that wants to run the football. Offensive line, not great. We all know that, but they did add a couple rookies this year, which are promising. And who's the guy ahead of him right now? Rashad Penny. Does anybody think Rashad Penny is durable? No, they think the opposite. So we could be seeing, I mean, let me ask you this question. If Rashad Penny was out for the season today, where would Kenny Walker go in redraft leagues? Um, good question. I mean, I think he's kind of like locked in around like maybe the uh, eighth or ninth now, round. But what happens if he was right, the clear right yeah. now? Yeah, if if Penny was gone, obviously he he jumps up to probably two three turn third round latest. I don't know if he's quite that high, Allen, but yeah, he's definitely a guy you're looking at as being your your second RB or maybe your top RB if you start with a couple of receivers. He would not go, he would go right after, he would go in the middle of the third round at the latest, but you know there's people that would want Kenny Walker to happen, so you'd have to take him in the late second if you, if you, if you wanted him. Like, he's not coming back to you in the fourth if he was the sole, the sole uh, right. in that backfield. I mean, like, he, I wouldn't want to push him ahead of like a like an ETN, you know, somebody like that that seems to be going like mid third. Um, you know, for me, for me, it'd be more of a three four turn guy. All right, let's ask the chat. Uh, put if if shot. Here's the the question for the chat and for you at home. You could tweet at us at Rotowire at Alan Tislowski, and at yours is at Ryan Pohl, right? Ryan Pohl, sorry. Yep. P O H L E. If Rashad Penny was ruled out for the season today. Where would Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, go in redraft league? So just put your answer right there in the chat or tweet at us, and we will compile a, uh, a poll, and we will you know, announce it on the next podcast. All right, as we're winding down here, one of the sleepers that I identified, and again, you can routinely get this player in the fifth round of your rookie drafts, is uh, Tyler Beatty on the Ravens, was drafted in the sixth round out of Missouri. He was just highly productive in college, and he had, you know, like 50-plus catches. Now, Ravens backfield, you know, it's a it's a tricky situation, right? Because Lamar Jackson himself is going to take 700 rushing yards out of the total pie. Then you have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, both, by the way, who are not ready to go just yet. And the in the past, Lamar Jackson hasn't dumped it off to the running back. So what's the upside here is that he is probably the player that they drafted of what they thought Justice Hill was going to be. So maybe they haven't had a, a pass-catching running back just because they haven't had one on the roster. Again, it costs you nothing. This is like a true sleeper in a sense where Tyler Beatty can be had— I mean, I don't think he gets drafted in 20-round best ball, and he can absolutely be had in the fifth round of your rookie draft. Based on his college production, based on his profile, uh, I like his situation because of the guys in front of him don't have that skill set and right now currently are not ready to play. 
you definitely dig a lot deeper than than I do, Alan, <laughs> with with my picks. Oh, but we had a um, good mix of both. You had uh, Romeo Dubes, sure. Dubs, R- right? Yeah, um, yeah. Beatty's interesting. Is situ- uh, situation is interesting because you know the the Dobbins. You know, injury is kind of still up in the air. You know, he had the thing a couple of weeks ago where kind of went back and forth on if he was going to be, you know, ready for week one or whatnot. It, it appears that that he probably is, but, you know, we don't really know his his potential durability. And, you know, Badi could step in at some point where, you know, he, he could be a significant contributor. But, you know, we also saw that Harbaugh last year brought in veterans when that when that happened. They brought in the yeah what, Le- they, they uh, did Devontae they did the Le- 2015 Le- running back tour, right? Latavius Murray, it, and, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so well, they didn't have a player. Yeah, like, I mean, okay. sorry, no, I mean it's possible. I, I think he's definitely like somebody you know later on in best balls that you can target. And I mean, I. I love guys that catch passes and he's very proven uh, as an option out of the backfield uh, receiving. So uh, definitely a dart throw kind of guy. All right, lightning round. Give us two rookies that you're drafting this year, other than with the guys that you said, just lightning round, bang, mm-hmm. bang, that you think are going to have instant production. That, I mean, we don't know that until we know that, but who are your best bets to have? Because even Rashad White, you said he's going to have to wait. Are there any rookies that you think could just right off the bat, they're going to produce starting week one or two? I seem to end up in my best balls in like the like 15th-ish round, just always drafting Brian Robinson. Um, for Washington, uh, they drafted him in the third round this year, and it just seems like Ron Rivera's nature is that he's going to be a guy that they're going to be using in the red zone. Um, so, and if something should happen to Antonio Gibson, uh, the you know the ceiling is is high there. Um, another guy too is um, Tyler Algier uh, for Atlanta. Uh, you know, again, it's. It's a little bit of a dart throw, but that's kind of what you're making in, you know, 15th plus round of drafts. They took Algier in fifth. Uh, the, the fifth round. Yep. And he's behind Cordero Patterson. I don't think he'll have any issue beating out Damian Williams for the, the number two role. Williams is, you know, a veteran backup, essentially, who's dealing with some injuries right now. Um, so I, I think Algier is, you know, th- the interesting thing there with, with Algier is he ran a slow 40, he ran a four, six forty, And so everybody was just kind of like down on him after that happened. But, you know, we've seen got, you know, like Le'Veon Bell and, you know, the, the Arian Fosters, Mark Ingrams, you know, those guys were all slow to, you ran slow 40 times. So it's not the be all end all, if a guy's going to be productive or not. And Algier is just in a situation where, you know, he could get significant touches if he proves himself well. Reports in training camp are that he, he looks good. So it, it's it, he's a situation to monitor. I yeah, think. I like that call. He's a former linebacker, too, so they can put him in and do the dirty work, right? I mean, you know, you get on the goal line right, right there. Uh, Marcus Mariota's mobile, which should free some of the defenses. You could just see uh, a low yardage and maybe like a seven or eight touchdown year for Tyler Algier. It's easy to see. I think another obvious one that I would just put out there is Isaiah Spiller. It's easy to see that he could uh, have eight touchdowns in year one, another low yardage guy. 
Uh, Austin Eckler has been on record wanting a, a running back to give him a little bit of relief. He had the big touchdown year last year, but prior to that, only three touchdowns for Austin Eckler was his season high for rushing touchdowns. And you can see that if Isaiah Spiller shows ball security and can pass block, he's going to have an immediate role on an offense that everybody likes. Ryan, you did it, man. I mean, this this was amazing. I um, I really appreciate you coming on because, like I said, you know, like you and I had communicated in our Slack. We were talking. Some, I, I knew that you understood the game of Dynasty, and you showed it here. And we will have you back um, throughout the season. And I just want everyone to go follow Ryan on Twitter. Tell him, tell him your Twitter handle again. Yeah, it's just at my name, at Ryan Pool P-O-H-L-E. And, and follow him on Rotowire. Just Google his name on Rotowire. You'll see all his great work that he's doing with DFS. And what's great about Ryan's work is not only is, um, he, and you can ask him any question anytime on Twitter, he he understands uh, complex DFS strategy, and also he'll help you along if you're new to the game or trying to pick game selection or player selection. So he's a great one to follow for that. All right, everybody, you can follow me at Alan Seslowski. Also, I encourage you to follow us on um on TikTok. We're putting out new videos every day. And of course, if you're watching this on the YouTube channel and you got value from this video, consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And we put out new video content every day. Next week, next Friday, we'll be back with another Dynasty podcast. But we're actually going to have a little bit more of a best ball uh, uh, lean to it next week. I'm having Jared Smola from Draft Sharks. I'll be participating uh, against a bunch of experts this Tuesday. I believe the draft will be live on YouTube on the Draft Sharks channel. And we're going to review that draft and maybe talk talk a little dynasty as well. Everybody, we'll be back next Friday. We appreciate you. Have a great weekend and good luck in your dynasty leagues. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.